Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Before we get into the podcast, um, I'd love it if you could hit subscribe. Um, just allows the podcast to keep going. Gets more people involved as well. So on this week, we have the one and only Wax motif. Um, I've known Wax for a while. I remember meeting him on Holy Ship years ago for the first time. I think that was actually my first um, first Holy Ship I did. And we've kind of always been in touch for over the years and bumped into him in the airport the other day. I hadn't spoke to him for a while. Obviously, COVID kind of gets in the way and lose touch of people. Um, but it was really good to catch up. And he told me that he just recently released his new album called House of Wax. Um, and I've seen his career grow over the years and at the point now where he's just on another level, which is, is so nice to see. So I wanted to get him on the podcast and start talking. So without further ado, Wax Motif. Wax motif, what's cooking, man? What's up, baby? You alright? I'm alright, man. Bit of a bit of a long day, long weekend. But... Yeah, what happened? Um, so I had uh, I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and they basically oversold every single flight. Um, and even with my status, it just the system like fucked it all up and like basically didn't let me on the first flight because they oversold it. They didn't have another flight out for me. So I was on standby for the next two flights. Um, and then I got to Dallas for my layover. And then that flight got delayed by 12 hours. So it was like over 24, like, man, probably closer to 30 hours to get home from Alabama. That's rough, so, man. American Airlines is like fucking everyone right now. Yeah, I was always really about them um, until this weekend. Like they yeah. really... Uh, I had it. Did, did, did some damage. I had it two or three weekends in a row, where they cancelled my flights, like completely cancelled them, like leaving Detroit okay. or something. And then they like it's just so annoying when you wake up and you're like, oh, my, your flight's been cancelled. What can we do? <laughs> do the worst. Oh, well. The worst. We're I mean, back. do they do they compensate you for shows if you miss them? No. Really? I didn't miss. It. I've not touched wood. I've. N- only ever missed one show because of a cancelled flight in my whole career and and they didn't that was their fault and they didn't they didn't do anything about it no damn that's cold i feel like you could like like charge them the amount you lost yeah i don't know how that works though because it's like they always just make excuses and in their terms and conditions they've always got their asses covered haven't they yeah probably motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> how's life anyway? How's um how's LA? Life in general is good, man. Yeah. Um LA's cool. Um I don't know, it's 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 you know, it's kind of maybe a lot of people have left now, like mm. since pandemic, but I don't know, it's still it's still all right. Like, it's doing its thing. Yeah. But yeah. I d I don't know, it's not anything I think now with working remotely, like it really doesn't matter. 
Do you like the whole working remote? I like working remote, but like, I think there's like interactions you can have uh, where it's like just more casual in LA and it's not necessarily all about work. Like it's easy to go hang out with someone and like not work, you know? So I think that's kind of like, um, like a valuable part of it. You know what I mean? Just being close to everybody. And I don't know. Yeah. I miss, I miss doing in, in person sessions. Um, yeah, that, and I play football like, uh, with with some DJs and shit, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's probably like one of the main reasons I like it here is like just having like a sports, a group to play sports with, you know what I mean? Like do shit on that. They're on the same time schedule as you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're not trying to do everything on a Friday night or Saturday night. You know what I mean? It's Mm. like, okay, yeah, I can get down with that. So I guess that's the great thing about LA is that you have so many people in our industry there. Like, even if it's not in dance music is in music in general and our hours are all the same exactly exactly whereas like when you were like let's say for instance detroit where i live you don't really get much of that everyone's kind of on that nine to five grind nine to five grind and i can imagine in winter it's probably pretty slow but probably great for studio <laughs> people hate people hate life in the winter i love it yeah man it's fucking freezing <laughs> man, bro fuck it just started snowing today actually but jesus i quite like i quite like the cold the cold and it kind of brings a different it's the thing with that, that i find with la is that it's just the same all year like i know i know it gets hotter and it gets a bit colder but it's like pretty much you can guarantee it's the same all year and for me yeah like being in a situation where I'm in the same all year, I'm like, it doesn't, doesn't give me anything to look forward to or it doesn't give yeah, me anything sure. to like change my kind of vibe up. Um, I think you're more like productive there. I think I'm more productive in the UK if I'm honest. Really? Yeah. I think being, to be fair, I'll be completely honest. I've been so unproductive for the last like, six months i would say (laughs) it's like my least unproductive time i've ever been in my whole career with i've been a little like that recently what do you think it is it's just not that much inspiring stuff to Mm. be honest you know yeah i guess for me is like i'm i know what i want i know where i want to i don't fully know where i want to go but i know what the plan is Mm. well i know the end goal but now for me, it's just like working out the bits in between. Yeah. And the thought of it all is like, I think I'm overthinking everything. Yeah, that can happen. I just... That's, I, I mean, you're, you must have the same thing where your like biggest records were the ones you kind of just weren't really thinking too hard about, right? Or, yeah. I think that's everyone's. Um, yeah. I guess my That's big, the common. Yeah. Thing. Which when you're trying to do like work more conceptually, it's kind of tough, but it's such a weird mindset that for artists though, right? The whole biggest, you need a big record and that pressure that we put on ourselves. It's like, do you, when do you go, do you like, what's your process when you go into the studio on, just your mindset not necessarily what you do but like your mindset of like when you're let's say for instance your 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 latest album like i know i was talking to you in the airport and you were like this was just a bunch of records that i had and that were probably never going to come out 
so you just put them out as an album. I, d- I know that was probably massively sh- a quick description of it all, but what? how do you get out of that mindset of, is this going to be a big record? Yeah, so, I mean... I, like I, I never, I never, like I mean, I think there's only been like once or twice where I finished something and I knew it, it would do well. But for the most part, everything that's done the best for me, like, really caught me off guard. Yeah. Um. So because of that, I, I kind of like try to keep that ethos of like, <clears throat> I don't think about anything and I just go. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think that's why I tend to make stuff in so many different genres. Is that like, I don't try to limit myself to like. Okay, if it's starting to sound techno, right? Like divided souls, yeah. then that's where it's going. And like I don't try to hold that back in any way. And I kind of just wait. Like um once I finish the record, I kind of let it sit for like a little while. And mm. if I can go back and listen to it and I think it's hot, then like then it kind of like I start thinking about what I can do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like, cause I have I I guess I'll have a different process when I'm doing stuff for me and when I'm doing stuff for other people. So like when I do stuff for other people, it's like way more relaxed. Like yeah. I actually more about like just like letting them kind of like dictate direction a little bit and let them kind of tell me what they like. And I just try and work in like work that into what I do. But um purely when it's pu- for me, is, man. Sorry, is that purely like on an engineering basis or like where someone's well, like mainly as a, Yeah, mainly as a producer. Yeah. Um mainly as a producer, but um yeah, I don't know. Like when it comes to stuff for myself, it's 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 just it's just a case of like finishing it. I play it, it goes off, mm. you know, and kind of put it through the paces and like see. Yeah. And then from there, send it to homies. If it starts going off, then we start ramping it up and mm. like all that shit. So yeah, the whole um, it was weird because, and I still haven't got back in, in back into it because there's still so many DJs that aren't actually DJing because of like Europe still not fully open and things like that. But I think during COVID we all realized how important it was to get your records played by your mates and how much that changed the whole kind of game of releasing music. Cause there's no hype behind a record. Yeah. Yeah. I, another part I noticed, <clears throat> like I kind of just noticed this this week is like, a lot of those social media channels like like minimal tech lovers and stuff you know mm, what i mean like those yeah. pages and like if you if they put if like all those pages post you a lot mm. like you just start getting traction yeah. like like that mochak dude from like brazil i don't yeah. know if you've seen like his videos you know what i mean yeah. but like if you look at who's posting the videos they're not coming from his account they're coming from like all those like minimal lovers baseline mm. lovers, like all like edm lovers like all those kinds of accounts the thing that um, a lot of people don't realize as well is you pay to get on those yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of paid ones for sure um but yeah i I definitely think a combination of having your mates play records and like kind of getting on that algorithm right now is probably like the the best kind of social mix i don't know do you find your social platforms actually make a difference of your on your streaming though um they do but uh i I, i'm like personally like a little tired of it all you know Mm. um and so like i've kind of like i wouldn't say take a step back but like it's not like a focus for me anymore like Mm. as much as making sure my spotify streams are up yeah so like i'll look at other people now and like they'll have 
way more followers than me on IG and like less plays than me per month on Spotify. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's kind of my focus now. I mean, I, I still active on social media all the time, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's just like, it's tired. It, it started becoming a dangerous place for me. Yeah. 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 yeah like I, this is just personal, you know, like everyone's yeah. at a different spot, but like uh, all through pandemic, I like, I didn't really feel like I like, went offline you know what i mean if anything mm. i went more online and uh i was streaming i was like you know really active i mean still active in my discord but just a lot of it went online and like coming out of that i guess i felt a little burnt out mm. and uh, just trying to juggle everything at the same time um yeah I, it's 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 i mean it's still a focus but i'm not trying to be like i gotta post every day i gotta do this i gotta yeah. do that i gotta do that like you really I mean, it, it works, but you don't. You know what I mean? Like, you could be Porter Robinson and net post and still be popular yeah. in the music scene. Yeah, so. I came to this. I literally was listening. Have you heard of a podcast called Tape Notes? No. Nah. It's really interesting. It's very much on the geekier side of production. But it's this okay. dude that, I forgot his name, Tim Kennedy or someone. Um, he sits down with producers and artists. The producer's and the artists of like an album at the same time and kind of they talk about the process um and i've just been listening more and more to them and i came to a realization last week that like yeah pretty much what you just said is that at the end of the day it only matters about the music if you write a record that's um that's like no one can get away from if you know what I mean, it's just there. It's just so good that everyone has to pay attention to it. Let's say, for example, like the most recent one that I could kind of come to head is that a craze record. Yeah. Like it just built so much traction that y you couldn't get away from it. Um, yeah. Like that wasn't based on him having amazing socials. That wasn't based on him having a huge career beforehand. That was just purely based on the record being great. And I and I know there's a massive balance between, like, we need a social following and we need those things. So I'm not saying, like, just fuck it all off. But what I'm saying is, like, if you can take the pressure off that and stop looking at the numbers and just write great music, it will eventually come, it will all eventually come to you if you just keep pushing yeah. on. 100 and like even even if you're not that popular right or like whatever like i have an example now where like um like solomon has been playing my record divided souls mm. like every night basically so i'm getting videos like every night right now mm. and like the record's two years old yeah and like we're not promoting it yeah. to him we're not promoting it really like like that like you know what i mean so yeah. it's more that like I guess it's a good record and like he found it and still thinks it's playable. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. not like, doesn't sound dated, doesn't sound whatever. So like, who cares? Time is just like when it came out, like the time is just a construct, right? It doesn't time. really matter. Like um, if it's a good record, it's a good record. So yeah, when, when I, when I see things like that, that makes me go, okay, like, you know, you're doing something right. Yeah. Because like it's yeah. playable by like, a fucking techno legend two yeah. years later and i don't even i'm not i don't even make techno real you know what i mean I'm well yeah like, that, that's that's the that's what i was gonna say because it's like from what you're technically known for like that you wouldn't cross those two worlds but they do cross over if if it works for the artist that's playing it right 
Yeah. So for me, like, because I am producing like other shit too, it, it's like anything with a four four kick, mm. like that to me is like. I mean, that's kind of what house is to me, you know, yeah. like records with the 4-4 kick. I mean, I know like stylistically it could be different, but it's totally. progressive house. It's Dutch house. It's bass house. Still it's house music. Fucking tech house. house. Bruv, it's all fucking house. Like yeah. we're using the same hi-hats, the same, we're using the same drums. Yeah. So like, I don't know. For me, that's that's how I define it, right? Like, um, and then from there, it's kind of like, does it fit in my set? Yeah. You know, and, and. I, I play Divided Souls every night. So, yeah, for this me, works. it's that's that, that works for me. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I never made the record being like, oh, I need every techno guy to play this. You yeah. know what I mean? I, like, really, it was just made out of like following a vibe mm. and then sitting on it for ages. And then I finally showed one person, I, I think Chris Lake. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, give, give me the, give me the wav like yeah. now. And then he played it. And then the next day, Fish is texting me. He's like, give me that now and it's like yeah it's it's kind of like all you need to do i guess is make good records and if you can get them in the hands of the right people which is the hard bit for yeah. the young dudes um you know that's all it can be but i know like people like snake you know they do the same thing when he's when he had the big record he would like go out to miami with usbs and be giving them out to everybody yeah. kind of what i did back in the day you know before i got on mm. me and my mates from australia would fly to miami every year for wmc yeah and we would just run around trying to get agents trying to get managers trying to hand out demos and everything so it's super important at the end of the day and the best thing now is that we have social media so you can literally message your favorite artist like so much easier so much easier <laughs> i so remember much easier. can you remember the black book no. Nah. So, oh, the TV show? No, or? it the um. So there was a an industry thing called Black. I think it was like DJ Mag or Mix Mag did it, and it was called the Black Book, and it had like every artist, every record label, every like management company, every agent was in that Black Book, and you had to pay for it every year, and it would like get updated. Oh, interesting. And you could <laughs> like yellow pages. Literally, it was beat. yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> it was sick. like obviously before social media it was like around when email i think myspace was probably around um yeah but yeah you and you had to kind of go through that and then like email you you had people's email addresses and email people and then they it was just like hard like it wasn't as easy as it is like now like you can message anybody and if they look at their their dms they they're gonna message back i hope they do anyway yeah yeah, exactly. And I mean, a, a strategy could be like you film yourself playing it and the yeah. crowd's going off and you send that video in the mm. DM to, to, a, to a big DJ, you know? It's like kind of proof. Like, yeah, okay, maybe they hear a record. You go, oh, I don't know, might work, might not. But if you, you see it working. Like, yeah. And, and the amazing thing with social media now, you can run ads and you can do all of that. Yeah. So like, even if you've got like 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, you can like, do a lot of damage with like one video if you've got yeah. if you've got one video of like let's say for instance like solomon playing your record and you haven't ever signed a record and it's just an off chance that he's playing a record of yours like which happens that's how most of our careers start it is by that yeah. um if you can put some cash behind it some of your savings like that can do some serious damage like look look at michael Beebe. Like, obviously, he had solid grooves and his fucking put the, the work in that. But 
a lot of Michael Beebe's career, I would say, is based off hanging tree videos of people just playing hanging tree or him playing an after party and like, yeah, I, the same with Salado back in the day. They, I, I know they would put so much money behind posts, and mm. it's just a case of just being in the public eye all the time. Same with that Molchek guy; he's just always there. He's, every time you scroll, there's, he's there, and you you can't always get away there. from that insane you can't get away from that but then it's also it's like how do you balance that between because that's not being an artist that's being a businessman or businesswoman yeah yeah you have the good song first and then work on the strategy you know yeah man how was it writing the album it was cool i mean a lot of those sessions they were um like very organic you know yeah. like n- none of the songs i did on that was a situation really where it was like you got to do this with this person because yeah. xyz you know what i mean it was all there were all things i wanted to do um and there were all songs that i made with like friends and i think that that's honestly for me the best way i work is is um is with my friends yeah like i i, I can go do random sessions but i don't enjoy them mm. you know um and every time I'm with my friends, I'm just making better music because I feel I'm more relaxed or I feel like there's no pressure to do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so I got one record on, on my album. It's called Live for the Night. It's like the R&B one. It's like, you know, full vocal, very pop yeah. produced. And that whole thing is like a freestyle. Like mm. we made the beat and, and tracked all the vocals in like two or three hours nice. just because like four of us were like jamming out together in a studio, you know, and we're like, let's start laying this down and that's all it was. So I think that's why I like those, the, the records I chose or all have that feeling to me. Like they're sentimental to me, you know what I mean? And like, they were just, it's a way to kind of bookend like a period for me yeah. or like a, a certain music I made for like the last X amount of years. And mm. I feel like I can go forward now, like internally a bit better. Yeah. So, so was it more of like a closure? Where you're like, you have all these records and you were like, okay, I want to move on, but I have all of this and I want the world to hear it. Rather than yeah. sitting down and going, I'm writing an album. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess because we end up, so I mean, the long, the, the short story is this was all kind of meant to happen pretty much pre-pandemic. Okay. So like going into pandemic, if anyone was following me then, like I was on a great run. Mm. We had like a shit ton of, like we had a big tour we were about to announce yeah. and yeah. the album and then it all got shut down mm. and like i mean god i think i lost like i i had like almost a million dollars worth of shows yeah. canceled so it, it was pretty depressing <laughs> you know what i mean like i was pretty bummed out because i was like i'm finally getting there yeah. like i'm finally yeah. hitting the strides i want to hit everything's falling into place like and then that that hit so um when that did, I was obviously bummed out, but then I was like, okay, well, if you don't get up and start doing shit, you're going to lose it all. Mm. So that's why I really went into Twitch and and did all that. And then coming out of that, I mean, everyone's just trying to work out what we're doing again. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we had maybe six months, eight months of just, yeah, some shows were going mm. somewhere, yeah. like other countries were on, other countries were off. It's like, that not the environment to to drop an album anyway and then we waited and i mean that's pretty much till now it brings us till now like i mean 
eight months and then maybe another four or five months like we decide okay let's get it back together let's take some records off let's put some records on yeah. like like it's a vibe on that was obviously like one of the later additions to yeah. the album um but yeah it was i mean we definitely hit a point like three months ago where i was like do you still want to drop this and i was like well maybe no because stylistically everyone just cares about tech house now and like <laughs> the easy thing to do would have just been to Make, tech make house. the same shit. Yeah, yeah. Sample the same vocals and and do it. That would have been the the easy way out, you know. Um, for me, it was just like, nah, I need to do this shit for me. Yeah. So, so we we obviously you know went back and put all the records that were, were meant to be on it on, mm. which had come out as singles over that period of time, and then added some new ones. Added the not as dance ones. Yeah. Which. I mean, honestly, a lot of those decisions weren't really because of me. Like originally I had like it was all predominantly house. Yeah. And I and techno. And I sent it to Lorenzo. And Loz was like, man, what are you doing? Like he's like, you got so much other shit. Like, put yeah. something different on there too. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it was because of him I put the R and B stuff on there. And then there's another record on there called Waiting. It's like a UK garage, like mm. straight up yeah, yeah. UK garage. Yeah. And like, I only put that on because of Dombreski, because I sent my album to Dom, was playing him some other bits. You know, I'm just playing him bits, like, what do you like? What do you yeah. not like? Yeah. And uh, he's like, what are you doing with that song? And I'm like, fucking nothing. He's like, put that on the album. Yeah. And I was like, really? He's like, bro, it's fire. He's, it's like, it's fire. He's like, I, I would listen to that every day. Mm. And uh, when the album came out like two weeks ago, he like was calling me. He was like, bro, you put it on, you put it on. Like, <laughs> He was more excited than me was on there. So a lot of those decisions weren't just me, you know what I mean? Like it was me bouncing back and forth with my friends and, and them going, dude, you have the ability of the records. And like Loz, Loz's reference was like when he did his album, one of the highest streaming songs was was the hip hop track that yeah. he has on there. He's like, it did really well for me. And like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not mm. that deep. I so think that's, that's why I, I kind of took that approach. I think that's the but, uh, that's the, the the good thing about an album as well, right? It allows you to actually do what you want to do, and yeah, I think it doesn't that's have to. All, that's, yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to all be based on the dance floor or anything else. And let's be honest, like out of all of your fans, how many of them listen to non-dance floor stuff on a regular basis? Probably every single day. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, I like my people know me for peak time club music, but like, I don't have, I didn't have songs until now. I could go home and listen to, listen to them yeah. in the car on the way home, or like the right after party. Like, I don't know. I just tried to make an album for like, like the whole day, not just for one part of the night. You mm. know what I mean? But I think that's the thing. That's what we do, right? Is is because the way our industry is, is that we write music. Why do we write music? The music realistically nowadays doesn't make us any money in the grand scheme of selling records, right? It's mm -hmm. more of a business card to get us shows. Mm -hmm. So what, what gets us shows, the records that smash because everyone's playing them because they work in the club. Yeah. And then, so that's what we do. We write smashes that, 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 do really well in the club that then gets us shows so i guess being writing an album allows you not to have to do that you still have your smashes on the album but 
they're just the three, four singles that you were going to put out anyway is throughout the year. And then everything yeah. else can be the body of work to show who you actually are as a producer. Yeah. That, that's how I feel, man. It's, I guess it's, it's just hard. Like when press outlets, like don't understand that, like everything on a press end has to be like, Oh, so you, you made a decision to do this, this, this. Mm. And for me, it's just like, bro, I chose records. I fuck with that. I'm that I made like it ain't that deep you know what i mean and like <laughs> i'll go back to dropping club singles in, in a few months yeah but like yeah. where i was at in my career was like i mean you know I, i'm not like a new artist yeah. so i have been putting out club singles every year every time. month few months like i had run that cycle for five years almost like yeah. running that hamster wheel and i was like fuck dude when can i do something for me you know what i mean like when can I just drop some shit? Cause I, I like it. Not yeah. cause it's going to fucking be number one on beat for, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tough one because you, we have to do both. Right. Um, yeah. But there's very few artists that are allowed to step out of their confines of their genre or, yeah, the, or, or, or they don't have a genre. Which I think I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's just the people know what they want, right? If you you go to a rock artist for a rock record, you'd go to a house artist for a house record. That's kind of what what we do as human beings. Yeah. Um, but I think I I don't I I personally think albums are coming back. I have a feeling that there's going to be more albums kicking around and will allow people to actually like get more into who the artist is personally um because i think with social media and kind of streaming and twitch and discord and all of that is that it's actually more about becoming more personable to your fans and your fans getting yeah. to really know who you are um yeah and you might not have as, as many but you have a stronger following that's like a stronger core following and i think for me i just mean generally Oh, generally, yeah, 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 for sure. I think people. Sure. I, I mean, I I feel like I built my my career like that. Yeah, it's like I don't need the most fans. I just need like the most dedicated fans. Yeah, you know? so the ones that are true fans, like the ones that are actually gonna support everything you do, and 100. and get it. And I think it's all very well having a massive hit record. But I think you gain a lot of fans from that, but they're not necessarily true fans. They just like that one record from you. Yeah. Well, I think building foundations is really much more important than than one hit record. Do, would you say you've had a hit record? I mean, not 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 like do it to it, but I think I've had hit records for my scene. Mm. You know, like I mean, at one point, Fly Kicks was probably. I mean, it still is almost the number one selling night bass record. Yeah. Um, if you look at AC and Loz's profiles, because the original song's theirs, I mean, it still sits up in their top five tracks for both yeah. of those artists. Um, so that-, that, I mean, I feel like Wet probably was pretty big mm. for our scene. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think I had hit hits, but I think I had like underground hits. Underground. Did, did you notice a change in your career after those records? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially coming up in the time that Night Base was starting, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. being part of that whole spark. Because, 
I mean, we'd been friends with Aaron for like years. Yeah. So it never seemed like it wasn't like everyone sat down one day and we were like, let's all team up. You know what I mean? And do something new. It was like <clears throat> shit that, <clears throat> I mean, if you looked at like the fidget scene and shit, like yeah. when Jack beats came out of that and Sindon, it's basically like after a gap, the next evolution of that. And yeah. that's why you had AC leading that charge. Cause he was in that circle back then with Sindon, Jack beats, drop the lime. You mm, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're all like, like they had him and him and drop the lime at treble and bass. Mm. And so it never, it never seemed that weird to just all be hanging out and doing shit together, but being part of that initial thing and having like a big record, um, to kind of go with it. I mean, I, I feel like I got away with murder almost because like half the dudes had way more output, way yeah. more original records. And I kind of just skated in with a remix. <laughs> and like, I think I did two singles on night base, like or one with AC. And then I did like a two track EP, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was, it was really all fly kicks. I could have just done fly kicks and probably would have got the same, but yeah, it's almost like getting away with murder. Like I, I, you know, I, at the same time, it's like, it could have been my original record, you know what I mean? And it could have maybe made me more money, maybe could have gone further, but it maybe couldn't have, I don't really know. But You never know, do you? Um, that's, that's the amazing thing about this industry. 90% of it is fucking luck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think the cool thing is that, like, you know, even for a remix, like AC and those guys, like, went back and, like, like looked after me on the splits and shit. So totally. totally. That was cool. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. what, they didn't have to. It's amazing what that crew is doing right now as well it's like they're so cool man they're, they're solid bro like i mean like laws is killing it mm. i mean laws has always killed it i think it's just a matter of time right i think the the, uh, the the transition between what laws has done from being huge in the uk and then kind of that that hustle to come over to the states and kind of build it here in the states and now where he's at if you know what i mean it's just it's amazing yeah yeah it's cool man but i mean <clears throat> that and like <clears throat> who else you got like taiki taiki's always doing cool shit mm. like all the dudes are pretty like whether they're like famous or not they all make like pretty inspiring shit yeah like pretty like you know shit that well, the brand itself as well is doing like the whole is it was it charmy charmy and, and night versus night base or whatever the charmy's um label is is it confession yeah what is it dude i feel like that was my idea <laughs> because like there was there was a, it was like a night two years ago maybe three years ago it was like before pandemic and like i was it was like me mala charmy and ac yeah. and we were just like having like drinks after the show together and uh i was like you're gonna be crazy you should do night base versus confession yeah and do like ac versus charmy uh me versus mala yeah. you know what i mean and just do all back to back and uh I mean, I'm not like, I'm actually like so stoked they did it and they invited yeah. me to go on the tour with them. It's just that like, couldn't hard right now. You yeah. know what I mean? When you're trying to do your thing and totally. you know what I mean? Um, but I was stoked to see that happen. And like, yeah, I felt like I was part of, cause at the time I was one of the only artists that was releasing on both labels. Yeah. So it just yeah. made sense to me. You know what I mean? And they had dropped their collab record, like Charmy and AC. And I was like, such a no brainer idea. Totally. Like this is a layup. You gotta, you should do this. So it's cool that it, it it came together in the end, and like the venues looked amazing, the shows looked amazing. The shows um, looked unreal. I wish I could have played them. Like, yeah, yeah, they looked unreal. So, it's pretty. It is amazing, especially something that big that's kind of grown organically and kind of 
spitting sawdust it's like it started it's like a ground up label and kind of look yeah. what it's at now and it's it's doing crazy things and i've seen well, like we've all seen it grow if you know what i mean we've seen the artist grow from it um it was kind of even when i was in in my dirty bird days it was the same like you saw it slowly grow and grow and grow to the kind of to the level where it's at the same point as dirty bird yeah amazing. i think that was always one of the labels that was like the biggest inspiration to like yeah. everyone from night base is like the way their community is the way the artists like hang out and like yeah. i think we, we we took a lot of that energy from dirty bird mm. for sure yeah community is so important especially with a label it's it's just having 100. having the right people around you right it's just that and having the right person in charge like yeah. you know i i AC is like a one of a kind dude. Like, I don't, I don't think if me, or, me or Laws had started the brand, it would be yeah. as successful as as what it is, right? Like, he's he's personable. Like, he's super. Like, I don't know. He's one of the nicest fucking people I know. Um, it's just that's the kind of person I think that, like, the success is because of him. You know what I mean? Like, totally. he's the reason why Night Base is successful. Like, as much as the artists and like whatever we've done to contribute at the core it's ac slater yeah. and like if he wasn't the person he was like it might not be where it is because he's just one of those people where he gives everybody the fucking time of day bro yeah like it doesn't matter he's so nice and like unselfish in that way mm. that like people like gravitate towards that and they want to do stuff for that you know what i mean like yeah i would do i would do almost anything for aaron so just, yeah, just because I know he would, he would get my back. You know what I mean? He would do the like, same would, to you as well. Yeah, and he, he would, he would, he wouldn't take that shit for granted. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he's just one of those dudes, bro. Like, I think you see it with everybody around him, like Lars, Taiki, Sindon, Jack Beats. Like we all fucking love him because of of how he's just been there for you as a friend. Yeah, for years and years and years before anything. You know, mm. it's like. He's just a real person, man. So yeah, it's so much. It's so important that as well, and I think it can actually get lost in the success of of something in everything in anything, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be based on music. It's everything. When something becomes more successful, more money gets involved, and then that's when people kind of fall out and it gets a bit shit. But I think if you your found core foundation as as a human being is to be there for people is super so much more important than worrying about the money yeah i mean he's never changed you know what i mean like, yeah he got he, he like he got successful and didn't change so which is key that's sick man like i i I'll always wish the best for night base and want to be part of it and do what i can and want to be involved you know yeah. so when was yeah, the so. um when was the transition for you where you were like because it's, it's like it for anyone where you you came up on night base and I know you still do stuff with them and you you still support them, but when there's a transition where you're like, I need to do something myself, I need to kind of do build something yeah. myself. What what was that? Um <clears throat> I think it was around the time we started our own label. Yeah. Um it made me go, Okay, if you're gonna start your own label, like you need to be putting your shit out on your own label. Yeah. Um, so it was never a conscious like I gotta move away. Mm. It just felt like we were all growing like we'd yeah. all come up together and now we're at a point where 
we were all growing our own careers like yeah. even with like laws now you know what i mean like he hasn't done anything on Nightbase for a while but not because anything went wrong because yeah. we're all at a point where we're trying to be like our own like ecosystem totally. our own artists you know um so i don't think there was a point I, I think i remember having a conversation with ac um we did like night Bay city in chicago which was mm. the first time it was like a festival stage with all of us yeah so it was like ac yeah. me back to back laws like everyone from the label and then we were discussing like doing one in la doing more right and i think the point i realized like not in a bad way but it was just like when the agents couldn't agree on anyone's fees yeah and i wasn't yeah. part of the conversation but i was like aaron what the fuck happened like I, i'm i want to play that shit and they're like yeah so like budget wise like everyone's too big now like yeah. you guys are, you guys got <laughs> too big like we can't yeah we can't we can't really not that they couldn't afford it but it's just like economically mm. it can't we can't make everyone happy right like you'll either you'll either like not be getting what your team wants you to get or like we won't be able to put you on you know what i mean yeah. like which which for anybody that's not listening like you could we can only play certain markets a certain amount of times a year and if LA is your biggest market where you earn the most money and you have the biggest fan base, taking a show that's going to be like half your fee is like a big kick in the teeth for your agents and your management and kind of everyone. Although as artists, we'd probably generally just do it because it's going to be the best party we're going to play. It's like still yeah. that like, okay, we've got to think business business talk here. Exactly. Like what, what you want and what, what makes sense business-wise they don't always match up at a certain point totally i guess it's a good problem to have because it means you're growing but the bad thing is like yeah you can't always do everything on some homey stuff anymore yeah. and i mean i guess as you try to get bigger as an artist you know you want to be you want to be like headlining you want to be totally moving up totally. festival lineups and like part of that is kind of breaking out of the ecosystem that has a natural order to it yeah. right like I would never ever dare to ask AC like to headline above him on a night base show. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like you probably wouldn't do that to to Claude. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, how do you keep going forward, but also, you know, kind of be able to kind of not yeah, how do you how do you grow yeah. without without stepping on any toes? Like it's not possible. Like yeah. you're gonna have to do something that isn't going to work out for someone else at some point right so it's not even like a malicious thing it's just like it's business it's life business yeah just business so. at the end of the day you, there comes a point in everything that you kind of have to look after yourself and i know it sounds really selfish but it's not selfish it's just life it's it's you have to like you have your needs in your life you you have certain things like ac has family he has to look after them like we all have things that are prioritized over anybody else and that's ourselves and that's not a selfish move at all it's just how it is in everything yeah i agree i agree i think like the the people that you really end up working with long term are the people that don't get like they don't get feelings over business things mm, you know what i mean they're, yeah. they're they're really good at keeping them separate like it's got nothing to do with like how much i hate or like you you know what i mean like yeah yeah and at the end of the day like i still go to ac's house and hang out go hang out with his daughter like whatever like because that's what is really important you know what so i mean much more important or whether you can like support me on a show or blah 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 like 
bro, I'll, I, and that's the thing. I'll still go. You yeah. know what I mean? If I'm not playing, bro, you probably catch me there anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think that's that's the most important thing, bro. It's like I, yeah, you're I, supporting yeah. you no matter what. Like you know, I love that. There's there is something about just supporting your friends, no matter what, and whether it's business. Yeah. Or, and I think there's a lot of things in this industry where it can all stop. Like you, it, there is strict business relationships where you, you are strictly in a relationship with somebody for the business and then there's that the relationships that started before you all got big and to see everyone get big is the nicest feeling like i don't know about you but the one thing i want to do is become so successful where i could bring all my friends along with me and make them all super successful that's literally my that's literally my goal like yeah me too and like make and be able to get all my friends rich if you know what i mean like the reason why I want to earn more money in my shows is so that my team can earn more money. That's like, this isn't, there comes a point where when you have good people around you, it's just about making sure everyone else around you is doing well. Yeah, man. I, I like during the pandemic, that was like an important thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I still paid my team, yeah. even if it was like, off streaming revenue or something right just making sure like everybody was survived like you know able to eat so yeah. that like at the end of it like everybody would still be there you know there yeah like like i don't know i agree you just you want everybody else to be able to eat better as well so yeah i think i think there's a money talks in the grand scheme of things, but also it's like, it's just an extra bonus on top. Really? Yeah. It's, it doesn't, it drives some relationships, but the relationships that aren't based around money, but then you can kind of help people out with the money. It just, it's just nice. It's a nice incentive when people aren't expecting. Honestly, the best thing about money for me was the ability to not have to do terrible shit anymore. Yeah. What do you mean? It's just so we could survive, like take, bad shows i didn't want to take or do yeah. remixes i didn't want to remix like i used to do everything just to like just to make money. you know make sure we'd have money in the bank yeah and uh now that i'm you know making more money like i like i can finally like i right before pandemic was maybe like a year before the pandemic started was when i really felt like oh now i'm making decisions because like they're what i think i should be doing in my yeah. career not what I got to do or I'm not going to make it till like next month. You know what I mean? Or, or six months down the line. Like, yeah. but that's when I really started having way more fun, honestly. Like, I mean, I always had fun, but I really felt like a weight lifted when I could just say no to every single fucking remix. And yeah. like, not for any other reason other than like, that's not, I don't get inspired doing remixes unless like it's something I was already going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, but after fly kicks, like I was getting, fucking remix offers every single fucking day for like crazy amounts of money and i said no to all of them i think the only one i took was like dj snake the made in france thing yeah. like snake charming yeah. that's the song but i did that for free mm. i asked for no money for that because that's like something i wanted to do like i don't mind not getting paid if that's what i want to do yeah but um i don't like when i have to do something that i don't want to do and, the and then I, i'm just like well i need the check i need the check i need mm. the check so I'm going to force out a shit remix that I'm never going to play. Yeah. Just going to bury it after this. You know what I mean? Like I hated doing that shit. Mm. 
Like I, I hated it so much. So yeah, you pretty much won't catch me do a remix ever again. I, I did, don't think I did two of those during lockdown. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously I'll do I'll do I'll do them. Like I'm remixing a song right now, but because I wanted to do it, so I jacked yeah. up the original offline and I started flipping it. But you know, that's just like for for for, for me what you for the do. set. Yeah, there's there is that thing, isn't it? But I think I think I don't know about you, but there was a point in my career where I looked very short term and didn't mm. look at the like the bigger picture. That's like, okay, this is like two three grand for a remix. Like right now, two three grand would be great. But if I in the grand scheme of things, if I look back at it, like two three grand in five years time is not worth it right now. But I think it's just very easy in the moment to be like yeah i need that money so let's let's just do it and it's definitely not worth it in the grand no. in 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 the long term at all no. but i think it's so hard to see that when you're a new artist or where you're when you're growing because hey two grand's a lot of money hell yeah like nah you need it but that's the thing when you're new and you're not willing to do like all those things like mm. i'm not sure you'll make it yeah like you yeah. gotta scrap. Like you gotta get scrappy with it. Like you gotta be willing to do shit you don't want to do. Like if you're gonna hold the bar too high and like yeah. turn your nose down at things, like I'm not really sure you have what it takes. You know what I mean? Like, cause think about like, like it, you gotta have this certain amount of like tenacity and motivation inside yourself to like be okay with all the traveling, the late nights, yeah. the like. You know what I mean? Like this. There's a certain point where like this isn't that fun anymore. And like, you know what I mean? To yeah. be able to sit in the studio for eight hours a day, you know, to be able to then pack your bags, travel all night, like blah, blah, blah. Like you got to get gritty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no, you're never going to go like, unless you even like maybe a craze. Right. And then you go straight from like nothing to like a jet or some shit like that. Right. But that's never really like. How many people good. really do that? Maybe one every two years, three years, not even exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. The reality is you'll be putting out a lot of records that don't get recognized. Yeah. You'll be doing a lot of remixes just to survive. Mm. And you'll be traveling like fucking shit. And you'll be up you you'll you'll be taking cheap the cheapest flights you can at yeah. the worst times just to make the most amount of money on a show. Mm. And nobody will see that. You know what I mean? They'll just see you there partying, having a good time. They'll assume you're getting paid a lot and that yeah. life's great. But like they don't see all the other shit. So it's funny because obviously you're similar to me where you're not from america mm. and are you do you have a green card no i'm still on visas still on visas so your tax is the same as mine um yeah although you'll be tax yeah it's pretty rough but it's it's really funny like when you first get going in the industry and you are like oh you're gonna get three grand for this show and you're like damn this is a fuck ton of money like this is the most money i've ever had in my life doing a show and then you're like okay then you take all the splits out and then you take all the tax out and then you take all your travel out and you're like left with like four hundred dollars and you're like it's still great that i'm earning four hundred dollars but from three grand to four hundred dollars you're like fuck where did this go and it that never ends that never yeah. <laughs> that never ends at all mm -hmm. is and you're just like the more money you get your expenses i don't know about you but for me my expenses generally stay the same so there comes a threshold where you get to that level where you're like okay i'm actually making really good money doing this when you get to a certain fee level but fuck yeah. me like 
it takes time. Yeah. It takes, it takes so I, I definitely have, have hit that point, but then it was like, okay, like you need to start bringing more people on the road now to, for, for things. Right. So now I travel with a TM and a photographer. Yeah. So like my expenses almost went Doubled. up again. Yeah. Um, but you're right. There is a threshold where that that's going to end. Right. Like yeah. hopefully by the time you get everything sorted. And I mean, not everybody needs that, that extra stuff on the road. Right. They're yeah. just like the extra frills for me because like it takes a little bit of pressure off like me having to, worry about content on socials and it takes the pressure of me having to worry about like travel and all that other shit so yeah. i can do other things does right your, like, does your tm book all your flights does all your advancing and everything as well yeah. yeah i'm pretty lucky that everybody around me does almost everything now mm. um, like yeah i mean my, my label is 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 running itself yeah. um my merch is running itself like my assistants upstairs like packing merch now yeah and then we have tm photographer like everything's kind of running itself which is great but it's also because you know i'm i'm trying to like i I could probably do more business Mm. uh than most other djs you know outside of music tour and so it's kind of my team steps in to kind of help me because i bring opportunities on that end to um to them so yeah that's that's why they probably do maybe more than other artists well, I think, probably get from their team. I think you know? it's important to have that set up if you're interested in doing more things where a lot of artists aren't. A lot of artists are just purely interested in doing straight up music. Whereas yeah, with yeah, what you're exactly. doing with NFT stuff and kind of all of that, like it's it's extra money. Yeah, I, 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 my, my team eats off everything I, I work on. Yeah. So, whether it's like crypto stuff, whether it's music stuff, like they're kind of like help me execute a lot of things I need done, or like mm-hmm. we'll tee up the meetings with people I need to talk to. Um, so yeah, everything's cool. Like you know, we obviously have operations in gaming and in and in NFTs and crypto, mm-hmm. and it really just allows me to be able to like bring in more money and bring in more business on every end. You know. Yeah just more creative do you work yeah do you work on the creative of everything yeah i mean like there's certain things like with with cover art right like i'll i I, like i have like three guys and the main guys like nick copper and like i i I like his style anyway you know what i mean so like i i kind of give him a bit of creative freedom because he's also creative and I as I just I just approve everything as well, you know what I mean. So as long as I get final approval before it goes out, yeah. then like that's that's all all I need really. When uh, in your career was it that you had you got everyone doing everything you wanted, which allowed you the space to do what you want to do? Because there's a point, isn't there, when you're kind of c- coming up where you can't afford to pay people and you have to do it yourself. Um, what was it the switch for you apart from just earning money when was it for you where you were like i need other people to kind of help me with this it was now actually like uh the last few months Mm. um like i guess uh i i'd done pretty well off nfts and crypto yeah and i'm doing well off my dj fee yeah and my team could kind of see like it was impossible for me to like maintain both. Mm. Yeah. Like I I think if people are following me online, it's probably part of the reason they're not seeing me online as much is because 
I'm out there like taking meetings. Like I um, had like, you know, a whole week of meetings the other week with like people from psilocybin companies all the yeah. way to Netflix uh, show producers. Um, and I think my team could just see like, Hey, he's not like, he's, he's not me. He's not like, he's not going to be able to keep both these up. Yeah. And, uh, I have the money to bring on more people. Mm. So it just kind of made sense. You know what I mean? It's like, if I can earn more money, um, if I can pay someone to do that part of the job and then go and earn more money overall, then that's what business is like good business is right. Totally. Like Amazon started with Jeff Bezos and now the yeah. guy has like millions of employees. Yeah. Like, it's important to be able to grow your team with people, you know, and like bring people like a uh, delegate tasks, you know, like you don't have to like physically do everything. If you're like a good operator, you can like manage it all. Right. So yeah, just delegating tasks. Um, I think simple stuff. Yeah. I think it's also that thing that's just like music is if you need a guitar section in a record, you go find a good guitarist. You don't try and learn the guitar. Like, 100%. Like, yo, that's like the biggest quote. Like, that's like basically what Quincy Jones said yeah. in an interview once. And like, that shit stuck with me forever. Because mm. like, you will never be the best piano player. You will never be the best guitar player. If you're right. not like already on your way there, like, there's no chance. So no. we know. don't have enough time to do. Yeah. Well, we, well, we do have enough time, but we have to make time. And by making time, it means that we either take time out of, life that we want to do doing something else or we're just so fixed on doing something other things that it doesn't get there really um yeah 100 i read this thing and it was like in 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 one person's lifetime they only really have enough time to be good at one thing yeah and it's people that are good at more than one thing usually became good at that one thing first and then started doing the other things so like if you think you can be good at two or three things in life like it's just not going to be possible that's you need to that's the thing I struggle with the most is that everything I want to do so many things and same like same. constantly same. always want to do so much shit and it actually affects everything else. And I, I called Ryan the other day and was like, dude, I just can't do all of this. It's, I just, there's just so much going on that I'm like, can't, I just can't carry on with it. And yeah. it affects the one thing that actually is the reason why we're doing what we're doing and that's making music making music yeah exactly but i also think that's a great trait to have honestly like i I, it's it's problematic in that like you know you could get stuck in a place where you're not really accomplishing all that much but honestly like now's the time to try like right like Mm. where before you get old before you like 50 60 70 like you know you can't really move around as much or whatever like now's the time to yolo life and like 100%. try every fucking thing and like <clears throat> i try to live like that like <clears throat> in general and i think that's why like uh, some things worked out for me you know mm-hmm. like because i just Did took it. the risk and like <clears throat> i don't know i like obviously like this isn't the type of thing like please whoever's watching this don't take this as like actual advice but like at the end of the day if, if you if you invest a bunch of money somewhere and you lose it all, right? Like, okay, mentally that could fuck you, but you're only really letting your, yourself do that to yourself, yeah. right? If you go, look, 40 grand's nothing. I can fucking earn that back. Yeah. Or like whatever. 
and like power through that initial sadness because yeah. you'll be sad but like at the end of the day it's not it's not it's not like you know what i mean like what nothing like what's the worst that can happen if you're already not in a great situation mm. you know what i mean unless you're in a place where you had 20 million dollars and lost it all right like i'm talking about if you're like just regular why not take a fucking stab but you know it, like it, if, if you don't feel life is really going the way you want it to go just fucking just roll fucking the dice it. but i also think is yeah. it, it it's it's all um i don't really know what the word is um but it balances out right if you've earned 20 million you can earn another 20 million if you yeah, if you yeah, earn 100. 10 grand you can earn another 10 grand if you've written 10 records you can go write another 10 records if one of those records doesn't hit like yeah it's just that taking the risk that i think i can get stuck in the rut of like not taking the risks because it's too short term for me like at the end of the day we all know how long things take and if you're going to spend 50 grand on an investment it doesn't necessarily come back with into like hundreds of thousands of dollars next week it's a, it's a process yeah. sometimes it does sometimes you're lucky right um yeah. but it's very rare that that happens and, and i think it can be very easy for me to be like no nah, i just got to keep doing what i'm doing but then realizing in the five years down the line if you just keep doing what you're doing sometimes it's actually doesn't pay off and it's not what you shouldn't keep doing what you're doing you need to change you need to do something different yeah i mean i i definitely agree that like you know for me i'm not gonna like throw away my music career because totally. i've spent most of my life working towards it you know well also you love it yeah and i love it you know like i'm not it's not something i ever did for money so it's fine but um taking risks in life not i mean definitely don't take risks with money you know what i mean like if you only have a certain amount of money like don't fucking yeah yolo at all but what i more meant was like risks in life right like it's like if you're too focused on having a plan b like plan a never gonna work totally like i almost live my life with no plan b now mm. because i'm like plan a is gonna work yeah there's only one plan you know yeah. what i mean and that's to make it <laughs> make all this shit work and be rich like from doing it yeah and I don't know when you just live with a backup plan, when you live with this idea that like, you know, like, nah, I don't know. I'm a bit too, like, you know, I'm a bit too stubborn like that sometimes. Like personally, like I just mm. be so headstrong at like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. So like, it almost doesn't matter if I fail or if, or if people think I'm an idiot or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause like internally, like I just needed to do that. You yeah. Know? So no, I, I respect that a lot. And I'm, I'm similar. I would say in the last like six months, I've mentally not been like in the right mindset where it's like been more of a like a negative mindset where it's like, fuck, what if all this goes? Like, I have nothing. Like, I, my, I had the only qualification I've had outside of music is I was a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> damn you're a lifeguard yeah that's crazy and that's i crazy. worked in a fish and chip shop like there's like literally nothing else i could fall back on which means that like i have to make this work um yeah. but sometimes it can be it's a it's a it also for me and i don't know about you there's also days where i'm like fuck that's scary that there's nothing else like i'm fucked if this goes to shit i'm fucked 
And the scarier thing for me about music is like it's subjective. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like there are songs that are probably really big songs that like people don't think are hit songs. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. There's no, there's no criteria that says this is a hit song that isn't a hit song that isn't. Like, it's it's super subjective. So like, it's one of those things. It's not like going to work on a on a on a like construction site where yeah. like the more time you put in the you bank. can see yeah. physically what you're doing like it's, yeah, yeah. it's the proof is in front of you like in this industry like sometimes the shit you build like doesn't get seen for years and years and years you know and like sometimes the records you think are good are trash sometimes yeah. records you think are trash are good like it's there's no it's a bit like just shooting into a fucking pond you know what i mean and hoping you hit a fish 100 um, percent. and i think also it's now there's so many more ways people listen to music than yeah. buying a vinyl or buying a CD or downloading a record off Beatport. Like there's so many outlets. So everything's kind of spread out to a certain extent and you have like powers at those streaming services, powers at those download services that control what's going to be a hit and what's not. Yo, exactly. I mean, that's that's the subjectivity thing, right? Yeah. Like, you you might have written a fucking hit record, and everyone around you thinks it's a hit. But if that one person at Spotify controlling playlist like doesn't agree, then yeah, you don't. Mm-hmm. You just got to move on. We've like, we've all had that kind of on a monthly yeah. basis, right? Like, yeah, we've we've all got records that. Well, we release records because we think they're going to do well. We don't release records thinking they're going to do shit. So we have. Expect, or I have, I can't speak for you, but I have expectations when I'm going to release a record that it's going to do pretty well. Mm-hmm. So you, you get a bunch of feedback saying it's this is a fucking banger. Your mates that will tell you the honest opinion, they're like, yeah, this is a banger. Your fans are like on social media, yeah, this is a banger. Comes out on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. They don't give a fuck about it. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, damn, it's cold. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 probably the worst part about living in this era. Honestly, is that like, you know, your visibility is at the end of the day very centralized in a few hands. Um, you know, and I mean, there's 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 outliers to that, obviously, like there's obviously, exceptions yeah. to the rule. But it's 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 a it's a tough grind, man. Like that is making music is 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 the easy part. Yeah, to me. It's everything else that is that is the challenge, you know, like because I, I spent like the good early part of my career not doing shows, not like you know what I mean? I was just yeah, making yeah. shit in my bedroom. Yeah, yeah. So making music has never been the hard part for me in a way. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of always been the sort of like the easiest stuff. Yeah. And like actually getting it out there, having to promote it, having to like <clears throat> I don't know, just like Think of all those techniques, like we said earlier, like with with paying for Instagram pages or blah blah blah, paying for posts. Like you got to out strategize yep. everyone else around you. Like it's not it's got nothing to do with like are you doing good marketing? It's like is your marketing better than theirs? Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Like yeah. that's yeah. the worst thing about it is like as much as people say like you can't compare yourself or you can't get competitive or can't, you know, unfortunately you're forced to. You, you know to. what I mean? Because yeah. like. There is a running order on the Spotify playlist, mm-hmm. and the song at number one does get more streams. Yeah. It's it's maths, like yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of one of those things, like you're being told one thing, but they're not. That's not how they treat you, bro. Like not at all. all. So not at all. It's it's like everything. At the end of the day, we want to be successful, and how do we get there? 
How, and yeah. and it's the question it's on this podcast like you're a hundred and you're the hundred and third episode and Hell yeah like you have to keep going but now what like what it, like even with this podcast like with my team is that like we're like okay we've done a lot of fucking episodes we've done we've got a lot of really fucking good interviews or conversations i don't really like to call them interviews because it's more of a conversation about life but it's like how do how do we then get this to the masses because there's a certain level that we can with our following get it to and there's so many people that I know would benefit from listening to this podcast and would want to listen to this podcast. But then it's, how do you get there? How do you get from all of the, like every other podcast out there that there's fucking millions of them. And this isn't necessarily the best podcast on, on the internet. I know it's not. Um, but you can guarantee that there's a lot more people out there that would want to listen to it. They just don't have a fucking clue about it. Yeah. 100% man. I actually think that's a problem that every like like small business owners everything man, yeah like I can't imagine like I, I I'm seeing like like old ass people running small businesses mm. trying to do TikToks you know what I mean like just because they feel pressured to yeah. have to do something yeah. to get viral to get their product out to get their business name out yeah. like yeah I feel like it's kind of like everybody's struggling and mm-hmm. you're kind of seeing all this sort of like just people just I mean it's about it's just being extreme right yeah. like it's 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 doing the craziest dance when you're djing so everybody watches and reposts that video i mean like people like salvatore ganache like a great example where like the dude is not like he's a pretty smart dude you know what i mean yeah, like he's not 100%. like <laughs> he knows what he's like doing. It's, it's it's yeah exactly it's it's just like very programmed in a way you yeah. know and uh but the trick is i mean that's the magic trick isn't it to make it seem like it's not like, yeah and i think also there's a lot of people that a lot of us aren't like that right there's there's characters in in all walks of life and like like look at even look at fish let's say for instance like fish is he's he's a character and yeah like i wouldn't put you and i in that same character in that same category where we can be that type of person um, no. but so, the thing with his is it's a lot less uncalculated like yeah, that's actually him how it is, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. i'm not saying that other people aren't actually how they are but like you know, you can see when someone's been more calculated at how they're going to roll out their career, how they're going to roll out a song, how they're going to yeah. do that. Like, man, for as long as I've known Fish, he's just been the same fucking idiot. Like, really, Organic. like he's that dude. Yeah, like he really is that dude. So, like, I don't really mind that, right? Like, um, I think it's authenticity. Authenticity is everyone sees through it eventually. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't even mind the calculated thing because I understand where people are coming from. It's like if if you don't have that much like not saying if you're not saying that people don't have no personality but if you're the kind of person that is maybe like naturally awkward right Mm. like coming up with a mask and a gimmick like so that you can actually get those eyes and get those attention i I understand why people would do that you know what i mean like i get it personally it's not for me yeah but like in order to get attention now and the quickest way possible okay if i was going to start a new name tomorrow yeah, you probably wouldn't see my face or I would be doing something that's like so stand out. You, yeah. you would see me, right? Like, I mean, it's the same kind of like with Timmy Trumpet, like mm-hmm. right now where it's like, you know, has a whole like smash the bottle on his head thing. And you know what I mean? It's like cues from like Steve almost. Yeah. Where it's like throwing a cake. Like you, it's like the entertainment factor, the showmanship and, and all that shit 
like like the the wow factor like the attention yeah. grabbing factor like yeah i'm not mad at people that do that at all like because i understand like i respect how else it. Do you fucking get looked at right now mm. like you know what i mean yeah i respect like it, if i was I... coming out yeah i i, I actually just respect it more because i don't have the energy to constantly be like that <laughs> like i only have the energy to be me you know what i yeah. mean like fuck bro like having to do anything else is just like i'm already fucking running thin so and it's it's always been around i think people are like this is a current day thing but it's always been there like look at go back to like the old punk days with the, with the mm. old punk bands they were it was exactly the same like what crazy shit can we do to like make sure that everyone knows about us like how do we get on the front page of every newspaper like how do we do this it it's always been around um, yeah hell yeah when rappers climb on scaffoldings and shit exactly. jump off balconies exactly. like travis scott uzi vert i mean they're, they're doing it because it's mm-hmm. it's it's a headline you know yeah so and yeah i think it just needs specific people to do that or a specific business idea and and i i, I do respect it. i don't always i'm not always in love with it because i'm like we're in the fucking music industry and there are parts of me that's like fuck's sake guys like just fucking write good music but that is the business <laughs> right it's like yeah just, it's we, not for me personally but yeah. like you know what like uh, at least those people like at least the people that are doing it like they have a respect for people like us too you know totally. what i mean totally man i mean i'm sure there's some that don't but all the ones i know that are like kind of a bit more characters and stuff like they're always like dming me or texting me or like saying some sh- you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. they yeah. don't they don't discredit what we do because like i don't know like because we're not the same i feel like yeah i feel like we're the producers that that, that kind of these new ideas kind of spawn from mm. you know what i mean like yeah. and i feel like in my career i've had so many like sounds or ideas or things jacked from me you know what i mean like mm. But I don't know. I guess that's like if like if you're the producer's favorite producer, like type scenario. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I, I kind of get in a little bit of that category. Yeah, it's. I and think it's not, so bad. it's not bad. I think it can be sometimes quite frustrating when everyone's playing your records and you're not playing the shows. That like there comes a point in those career, that career at the beginning of your career more so is where when everyone's playing your records and you're not there but that's also the start of the career and i think when people copy your records i think it's the biggest form of flattery really because we're the ones that are coming up with the record ideas and realistically we can come up with plenty more it's just we've just Same. got to, we've just got to work for it and we've got to push in the studio for it and we're the ones that allow other artists to copy that <laughs> at the end of the day yeah yeah for sure like i always found it flattering so it was fine I, I mean you know it is annoying like you said to not get like i had a situation in vegas where i was playing the same day as snake in mm-hmm. one casino and snake was playing the other and at the end of my set basically got in trouble for playing my records and snake is sending me videos of him at the other club like playing my song what? And I couldn't play my songs at this. Yeah, Why? it was what? Fuck those people who ever said that. Yeah, I mean, it just comes back to yeah. I mean, that's that's when I really realized, like, okay, being a producer's favorite producer, like, it's all good and all, but like, you really need to have a name. You know what I mean? You have to. Once you have a name, like, nobody's saying shit to you anymore. Yeah. And so that's when I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna focus on that, like, just building my name. 
You have to. Sorry. It's so important. You've got to look after you, man. Got him. Yeah. Mate, I'm 100%. about to piss my pants. So let's wrap this oh, motherfucker gee. up. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Before we, before we leave, is what have you got coming up? Um, shit. We got like Ultra in a few weeks. So I'm probably just working towards that. Cool. Um, and we got, a, we got a new single coming out, which I held off the album because I felt like it was going to get lost on there. Yeah. And so that's the thing. I guess with the album, a lot of people kind of expecting me to be like off the radar yeah. for a little bit. But like... Like again, that that really was a book end for me, and now yeah. I can like start rolling out all the shit I want to roll out. So, yeah, I expect more new music. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so the next one will be around Ultra, and we'll start promoting that, and then just work on the set. Cool, man. So, Thanks for coming yeah, on, man. It's been good to chat. Thanks for having me, bro. That was awesome. cool. Yeah. Peace out, man. Keep safe. See you soon. Hell yeah! I'll see you soon, bro. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Give us some reviews. Send it to your mates. Keep safe. Have a great week. See you next time.